0: I think this got escalated to a place really quick of a race conversation, uh, which I think is absolutely merited. But I was like, well, if we're gonna have a race conversation, let's let's figure out what's going on with this dude. And then when we got into the religious stuff, is where I feel like me and you started having like we changed the conversation a little bit, or we just took it a, a place deeper.
1: I think that uh, I think that this event sits at the center of a Venn diagram mm-hmm. that is, yeah. uh, race related, um, open, openly racist, openly sexist, and openly evangelical Christian. I think it's, I think yeah. it's a really ugly
0: three-way Venn diagram. And this guy r- is right in the middle. Of I it. think that's a perfect place to start the conversation right there for yeah. us, because I think there's something that the general population doesn't understand about evangelical Christianity and the way it nurtures an unhealthy sense of sexuality that unless you've experienced, you would not understand it, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's why I feel like it's easier to harp on the racism aspect of it because fetishizing Asian women is obvious and clear. You don't have to have any particular set of experiences to, to see that that is at play. Mm -hmm. I think the thing, what I wanted to talk to you about and why, why we decided to have this conversation. So, you know, you know, impromptu is because we've covered evangelical evangelical sexuality in the past. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be a huge issue that is now manifesting physical violence. Yeah. And people, people aren't talking about that enough because this is problematic of the way Christians and young male Christians are raised mm-hmm. to not accept their sexuality and to put heaping loads of shame on any sexual desires. Yeah. Even straight sexual desires. Yeah, just normal. Just any, just yeah, anything. Average, masturbation, yeah. whatever. Uh, the language and the condemnation is so strong that it's not surprising that people like this exist.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the purity culture has led to a lot of self-harm and suicide throughout yeah. the years, for sure. And this is just a, I mean, I'd like, uh, it, it's, it's an extension of that. Right. It's like a far more like, brutal you know it still involves the taking of life but for whatever reason he
0: focused it outwards once i started reading about his religious history i'm like this is systemic to our religion
1: yeah the way that we
0: raise people i was i was like i think that is the root cause more so than uh you know patriarchy more Mm -hmm. so than white supremacy i'm like this has christian sexual morals written all over it our shame culture I mean, to me, I'm like that is a driving cause. I just know that's a less talked about yeah. symptom in society because we're more like you know white male racist. Right. Sec- like no,
1: I I am of the opinion that this has all the makings of a uh, this to me feels like a um what what would be the ter- a, a radical religious act of terrorism. Right, like this is this is radical religiosity. Now I believe that. Because he's a white evangelical American, race is in that, sexism is in that. But yeah, this is this is a religiously motivated crime. Oh yeah, in my opinion, hundred percent.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I can't. I mean, I talked a little bit about this on my hot take with Carl Lentz. With like, sexuality is like the the main thing that we've never understood or accepted or embraced in a healthy way, going back to the oldest roots of our faith in Judaic times, and like, it's it's such a problem to this day because we still can't talk about it in a healthy manner. And look how many Christian leaders have melted down from sex scandals. It's like, I just was like going through recent memory of people who have done this. It's like Carl Lentz, Frank Houston, Brian Houston's dad, Ted Haggard, Jerry Falwell, Jr. Jimmy Swagger, Jim Baker. Like there's oh, yeah. just the a huge go. And they're all white dudes, mm-hmm. uh, with so much power and, an inability to embrace their sexuality. Mm-hmm. And they've dehumanized women yeah. because all those churches are male-dominated. Women are always looked at as supporters, as, as looked at something you you get and you attach to yourself and you use mm-hmm. to level up your ministry, to justify what you're doing. To I mean, that's why I was just like, oh, this is all the paintings of like the evangelical perspective of women and sex. Yeah. This is what creates a mass shooter right. like this.
1: Well, and I think I, I saw a really good post, and I'll, I'll, try to, um, I'll try to look up where I actually saw this and give the proper citations, but I saw a quote that essentially said, um, purity culture taught young girls that their bodies were evil, and it mm. taught boys that their minds were evil, and I mm. had never seen that perspective before, and again, I'll, I'll track it down and cite it, but um, that really resonated with me because yeah. I, I was never really taught that my body was evil but i know lots and lots of yeah, women who did point. feel that way but i was definitely taught that i had this like uncontrollable demon yeah. of sexual energy in me and i had to do everything in my power to keep that bastard locked up like my oh, my yeah. mind was like every young man's battle stuff it's like yeah. look like just avert your eyes like you're such an out of control little monster that just like if you see a pretty girl walking by you just look away
0: yeah
1: and that in and of itself is is that's dehumanizing. If you get to the point that you can't, you can't even look, relate yeah. to human beings, you yeah. can't even see them uh, as as being like non-sexual entities. You have to avoid them. You're all like you're in difficult ter- territory already. Yeah,
0: avoidance is never the cure for any addiction, or or not even an addiction. Just the way that you f- you feel. You can't just yeah. repress sexual urges and i think there's something that we never teach young boys how to do which is like hey man you're attracted to that girl totally fine totally normal eyes up you got to learn to roll with it uh and i I mean nobody ever talked to me about that in all of my days in youth group like no one would even admit like i can see why you're really attracted to her Mm -hmm. just just as simple enough to level with it it was always that like shut it down man shut it down now like, you can't even think about it because if you think about it, you've already committed the sin. I mean, I don't think this kid was a sex addict
1: because I don't think he's having a lot of sex.
0: Like, <laughs> I i mean, I, I could be wrong. It would make sense that he would label I, himself
1: as that. I could that, be yeah. wrong. But, yeah, in the culture, there is this thing of, like, well, I'm a sex addict. Like, no, man, you're super horny. Yeah. You're probably addicted to porn. Like, that, that might be a factor. I mean, like, I can't say that for sure,
0: but just statistically, like— But that's, I think the heightened language is something that The addicted to porn. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, It's just like, do you you go out of your way to... Are you sacrificing jobs? Are you not sleeping? That's what addiction does. You start sacrificing good things for this. You start like becoming less healthy. That's true. If you just really like something, that's still not an addiction. Yeah. It's well, uh, Science Mike had a really
1: cool post uh, today that had to do with the difference between addictions and compulsions. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, like, we all have compulsions. Compulsions, And compulsions typically just mean, like, you're probably kind of anxious or stressed about something. And so you have these compulsions that you sort of drift to. And while you may want to do something to try to, like, protect yourself from those compulsions because they can, you know, they can harm you, it's different than, like, being in the throes of, Crippling addiction. So I I do agree. I'd be like yeah, I mean even my use of like addicted to porn is an, is a holdover from years and years <laughs> exactly. Of like my my
0: treating it as, as though it was heroin. To this kid's point, it's going to create a hyper shameful experience in his life because now he's calling his desire to have sex. Now he's treating that as an addiction, and he's filled with shame to the point he's going to go kill them. Right.
1: young you're taught that these are your sisters in christ (laughs) and then you all start getting older and all of a sudden you're like noticing your sisters and you're like what the what is wrong with me and if nobody is having conversations with you about like this is this is actually all very normal yeah and there are ways to now venture into this you're a young man you're a young woman there are ways to have respectful open conversations like it's okay to go on dates it's okay to to like Okay. It,
0: that guy that wrote Kiss Dating Goodbye, like, apologized for he's, how detrimental that was. I actually, I mean, like, I just kids. want to lift that guy up in prayer right now because <laughs> he's going to be
1: having a, he's going to be having a tough week for yeah. sure. I mean, because, because purity culture right now, um, it's really, it's really been zeroed in on yeah. as like, we, this has got to stop because yeah. now it's leading to people hurting other people. Yeah. Um, so I guess that, that seems like a natural segue into maybe, you know, the, this, final chapter which is like obviously we can continue to speculate and talk nitty-gritty but like we're a couple of white guys and we're not really all that involved in the evangelical church
0: anymore yeah yeah,
1: anymore um what do we do what can we do what can people do i mean i do think that within the evangelical church again we've got this three-headed beast of racism sexism and I mean, now there's kind of this weird thread of nationalism that is, it's all kind of like wound together in, in deeply religious language. So everything is just seen as
0: Christianity, right? but it's all like tied up together in a, I just think there's power in the conversation. It would have been wildly healing for me. Uh, I was vehemently defending my virginity in high school because people were like, pastors and church were like, you got to save it for the one. Mm -hmm. And it's just like such an epic failure if you can't look at your wife on your wedding night and be like, baby, I'll wait it. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think we need to raise up people who have stories where they're like, Hey man, I wasn't a virgin when I got married. It was a okay. Mm -hmm. It was fine. I mean, we just need to celebrate stories of the opposite side of things and be like, yeah, you guys can wait, but you can also not wait. Yeah. And there's good and bad to everything, but it's better to have integrity and fuck up mm-hmm. than it is to white-knuckle your morality yeah. in the hopes of some futuristic reward. Yeah. So I never had a pastor tell me, hey, man, I had sex before marriage. Hmm. Might have been even with my fiance, you know what I mean? Or the, you know, before we got married. Yeah. You know what? You know what God did about it? Nothing. Yeah. You know what I think he's going to do when I get to heaven? Nothing. You know? Yeah, I almost feel like...
1: I feel like I got the opposite and it made it harder. I got a lot really? of pastors. Yeah, I got a lot of like, you know, missionaries or pastors or youth pastors who had lived like really hardcore worldly lives. And it's kind of like my dad's story too. And they would be like warning me against it, but they accidentally just made their lives before Christ sound awesome. Well, yeah, that like, would happen. Yeah. <laughs> but that's so, more
0: about us than, yeah, I th- think. <laughs> but I but, but I
1: think just the 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 narrative of like, I did have sex before marriage and you know what? I regret all of it. Yeah. Like there's that narrative. I of, yeah, it was just, all of it was such a mistake and I like hurt so many people and it, you better not like, don't, don't do what I did. Don't yeah. you dare do what I did kid. And I don't feel like that's helpful either. <laughs> like that's yeah. just
0: like, that's the whole dare program where it's yeah. like, all you did was make kids want to try drugs because yeah, they're like just scared like, oh, straight i didn't even think that was an option but now i know this is possible because yeah for me my wheel started turning of like i guess you can really go down these dark paths and just kind of like pull a yui at hey, the end of your life of <laughs> yeah for sure but then, again it's just that both sides are tinged with shame yeah. you know what i mean like save yourself and avoid the shame where i encountered the shame and now i'm clean i wish i had gotten the conversation
1: when i was younger that um my sexuality had a lot less to do with Pleasing or displeasing God. Like if I was sexual, I wasn't running the risk of hurting God, but I might be running the risk of hurting other people. And
0: that was actually a deeper, more complicated discussion. You know what? That's the, that's the best point. I think that's the most salient, important point because that's kind of what we've been circling is, you know, at the end of this guy, at the end of the day, this guy dehumanized these women. Yeah. Could be because gender, race, whatever. The problem with our religion is that it's so spiritual, it's dehumanizing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, we can just talk about sex in a human way. Mm-hmm. We can just talk about your feelings and your emotions and your your hormones in a human way mm-hmm. and just scrub all of the sec- all of the spirituality out scrub all the religious morals and just talk about it from a human perspective of valuing someone's life valuing someone's identity valuing their story valuing you know who that woman wants to be in her life you know what i mean yeah do you think she wants to be an asian masseuse giving hand jobs in a parlor like you know what i mean like that's what you're expecting of her that's yeah. what you're seeing her as you don't think that she went to school and grew up and yeah, has em- dreams. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Just basic human empathy. I think that's how that's to me, the, the darkest shadow of all religion is robbing people of their humanity. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole Jesus thing of like, really your Sabbath rules are so important that if this elderly woman falls down a, a ditch, I'm not going to help her. Cause that's work mm-hmm. that you are, your laws are literally dehumanizing this person. Mm-hmm so
1: yeah your laws are getting people killed
0: yeah and our purity codes purity laws whatever you want to call them are lethal at this point they have been historically we're just seeing it a little bit more viscerally now
1: yeah or just you know seeing the shape that it is taking in this current moment yeah um yeah it's a it's a it's a hard conversation and we're you know We're going to stumble our way through it from time to time. But if you're out there and you're listening, first of all, thanks so much for listening and for being with us. And if you are hurting and if you're a member of the Asian American community right now, the AAPI community, we just want to say that we've got your back and we're with you. If there's anything that we can do for you, you can find us at the back Pew on Instagram and uh, you can shoot us a message. But yeah, we'll just keep trying to have these, these conversations. Yep, seconded. Love y'all. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening.